Hi there. It's Aubrey from Be The Evidence Podcast. Susan, Grace, and I are so grateful that you are here, that you're tuning in, that you're showing up, that you're listening, that maybe this podcast is spurring conversation and contemplation in your worlds. That is a tremendous honor for us to be a part of. Thank you, sincerely. Before we get into the podcast, just wanted to let you know a couple of things. Susan and I run a community platform at www.betheevidence.live. It is a membership site where individuals and members get access to a lot more goodies than are just offered on our podcast. So after every podcast, Susan and I record um, a 12 sun sign astrology forecast with tarot cards for everybody based upon the themes that come up in our podcast. That's only accessible if you're a member. On top of that, what you find in the membership site is presence practices that are pertinent to the shifting energies. There are weekly live calls. There are pop-up calls that can be in the spur of moment of, hey, this is shifting. Let's dissect a conversation around it. Or there are tarot cards where everybody can pop up um, and get a tarot card pulled for them. There's a lot going on in BeTheEvidence.Live, and it's truly a platform to help uplift, motivate, and center and ground all of us as we move through these shifting energies throughout 2019 and into 2020, because the reality is we all need a little bit of help. And so if that's something that speaks to you, know that we are here and we would love to see you at our next live call, which happens weekly. If that is of interest, please go and check out www.betheevidence.live. And now here's the podcast. Hey, hey, hey. We're we're in we're in Chiron and Aries now, and I want to say that I am so relieved. I was really afraid that it was going to suck just coming out the gate because I've got Chiron and Aries. I was really nervous. Mm-hmm. I feel great. I know. I feel great, and I'm watching other people like nobody's crashing. I know. Nobody's crashing. I think it's a. I think the fire of Aries burning off all that water from Chiron and Pisces is a relief. I think so too. It feels like a buoy. I'm like, oh yeah, we're on some driftwood. We're floating we back. It's yeah. Great. There's some power to be ex- assessed right now and accessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels good. I like it. I saw people uh, posting a lot of uh, photos of that moon. It was a beautiful full moon in Virgo. No. I think it's supposed to be the biggest one of the year. That's what I saw too. How did you celebrate it? Did you do anything? Any rituals? Um, I'm not a big ritual person, although I noticed that, um, whenever I look around my bed, my crystals are migrating closer and closer to my bed, like my little buddies, like another one and another one. Nuggle with you. (laughs) Yeah. Do you do a full moon ritual? Um, it just depends on the moon typically. So this moon, I felt really called to putting my crystals out under the moon. And then we had rain come in right after, and I left them out in the energy of the rain all day yesterday and just started to bring them in today. And then I try to always do um, journaling and a tarot spread. 
So that was what happened for me. Oh, and I took a really long hot bath. So that was my ritual. Like it didn't feel like too much. I, mean, I like it whenever um, we on our be the evidence live. Our members have a closed Facebook group that we that we all are on and talking uh, to each other through throughout the day. I really love it when you and our members draw cards. Because like, if you're not an astrologer, if you try to look at your own charts, like, what am I, I don't even know how to read this shit. Um, I feel the same way about tarot. I try to pull cards for myself. I'm like, I don't know what a fucking sword is. I, I guess it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with it's good, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate when, when people offer up tarot. Me too. I think it's always a good practice. I mean, I think anytime... Right. I mean, it's anything. Anytime we can sit with that energy of, okay, well, what's no longer working for me? What am I willing to let go of? What am I willing to say? I'm done with this, whether it be like my personal beliefs or patterns or, um, I don't know, eating Dunkin' Donuts for lunch, like I, whatever it may be, right? Like of being able to say like, okay, that doesn't serve me anymore. I'm ready to put that down. I think that's a really important ritual, no matter where the moon is at, right? Yeah, it's especially uh, um, saturated when we have a full moon in Virgo. So Virgo is about being present, being in the body. It's a healing goddess energy. The modern ruler of, of Virgo is Chiron. So it's it's practic very practically looking at your life and how it's set up and what what's working and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. We're recording this on the 20th, on Wednesday the 20th, when the moon is opposing Mercury conjunct Neptune and Pisces. My read of that is the, the, the higher octave of it is that presence is your prayer to be here more, not less that it's, it's being in the current moment where you find guidance and where you feel like you're supported. And I think that's really important for people to tap into because that Chiron and Pisces thing, that was an eight year um, dive head first into trying to pull out all of the things, all the ways that we suffer. Mm -hmm. And trying to understand that we can heal out of it. I mean, it was waterlogged and people felt like they were drowning. And now that we're in Pisces season, sun is clicked into, clicked into Pisces and moon is opposing Mercury and Neptune and Pisces. I think it's important to try and come back to life. Meaning come back to having trust and faith that you're guided and you've never been dropped and you've never been forgotten and that life is in your favor. And so look around at how you're being present within your life and see if you agree with that. If you're self-harming, maybe let's stop doing that. Mm -hmm. If you've given up on maintaining things that are important to you, maybe pick them back up. And to that, right, as, as we're recording, that's in a mutable T-square to Jupiter and Sagittarius. I think that if we become very present and trust life again, there are possibilities that are trying to open up. But if we're not present and we have... Um, lost faith and trust in life, then possibilities will be capped. And I don't know about you, but I want the more that's trying to open up, the better and the faster. Let's do this, honey. That's true. And it requires you get the hell out of your own way. Yeah. And that process of trusting life, especially when you're, you've been in the gutter, when relationships has failed, when your finances have tanked, when you have lost everything and every understanding of yourself that you've ever had, right? Pulling up those britches of I'm going to trust life again can feel really exhausting. And also like, I don't know, I'm getting like, you and I were talking about this before we got on. There's also a sense of peace where it's like, 
I can inhabit my body, my life, my perspective, the reality that I would like to um, create in a way that does not feel so warlorn, right? Where it doesn't feel so beat up and like, oh, it's going to take all of my energy today just to have faith that like, I don't know, I can find a parking space, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. There's a little bit more peace there. That there's that opposition of moon across from moon and Virgo across from Mercury and Neptune and Pisces. It's in a triangle of potential to uh, Saturn and Venus. And then as the moon moves on, it'll also be South node and Pluto and Capricorn. I, I feel like when you're trying to come back to presence, come back to life, it's important to notice that what stands the test of time is you. You stand the test of time, no matter what happens, no matter what goes down, no matter how many times you've been dis disappointed, no matter how you thought the story was going to go and the story broke, you're still here. Being with yourself, being with yourself and being within life and trusting that you can handle it no matter what. That thing about, you know, to, to there's a thing that it says like, trust love one more time and always one more time. I think that's true about life too. Yeah. So I'm going to trust life one more time, but then it's always going to be one more time. Never right. going to stop. Right. Because my opinion is that the planets and life and consciousness itself, they'd never give up on you. Never. If I hung up from this podcast and I decided I'm going to go downtown and check into a meth den. Wow. That would be self-harming, mm -hmm. but the planets in life aren't going to give up on me. Right. They're going to get me out of that meth den one way or another. Mm -hmm. Do I mean? Like, so even if you're leading with disappointment all the time, even if you're in self-sabotage, even if you've been self-harming, the planets are still like, all right, how do we get through to her? How are we going to pick them up? How are we going to make this land? They're always working on us always. Mm -hmm. And so maybe we can keep showing up for life too and being like, well, I fell down again, but I'm back. So what are we doing today? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that really makes me think about um, the study of epigenetics, which is like the study of beliefs and how it's passed on in our DNA. And it makes me think of like our ancestors, right? Like how our ancestors through, if, if you believe in lifetimes, or if you're just calling back your ancestors for the last five generations, have they been exposed to suffering in a lot of manners? And they also didn't give up hope. They still planted seeds to grow into the oak trees that you stand under, right? Like there's still this utter belief of like, oh, but maybe my great-grandchildren will be able to benefit from it. Like they did not give up that hope no matter if there was, I don't know, a famine, the depression, right? Like there was still that type of holding, hold fast um, to hope. And I think there's a part of that that's like, and us being able to rectify the story of never giving up on ourselves and always believing that life has our back or the energies have our back and that they want us to truly succeed, to receive abundance, to feel deeply rooted and appreciated and um, infinite, then we get to rewrite like that DNA sequence. We get to rewrite that story and that study of beliefs uh, into a belief pattern of this is what it looks like when it works out. And it took me not working out for a long time in order for it to start working out. Yeah, it's the flip side of disappointment. Right. You can lead with disappointment and go, this is probably going to suck too, you know? Right. Or you can go, well, that didn't work, so let's, let's shift it. Right. 
let's shift it to where it can land better this time. Mm -hmm. I talk a lot about in, in readings with people, like the way of a way shower is to go out in front of people by yourself usually and figure out something, some way of healing, some way forward, some way to punch through old paradigms. And then you turn around and then you tell people who are in the same situation that you were in, you go, I found the way it's this way. And then you lead them forward. And I talk about how my opinion, of course, the way shower is a miracle, but it's also a miracle that there's someone sitting back in dark, in confusion, with the lack of resources and information, and there's someone ahead of them who's never met them, does not know their name, is thinking of them. That's a miracle. I think that the thing about ancestral lines, about carrying ancestral lines forward is a miracle too. Mm -hmm. We are the descendants of people who like planted new seeds for us and they don't even know our names. Right. And to be able to look at that and go, thank you, I'm gonna keep it going. Right. To pull that forward, like they were just on hope, a hope and a prayer, right. doing things that would carry forward. And we're like, I got it. I'm not going to drop it. Right. I'm going to keep it going. Yeah. The torch. Right. The torch. Yeah. Right. That's a miracle. It really is. Like, I think often we go into, I'm not going to, I'm not going to quit for our own self-centered. And I don't mean that in a derogatory kind of way, just centered on yourself kind of way. Like I didn't come this far to quit now, that kind of stuff. But there's even a longer way to see it. Mm-hmm. The people who didn't give up before us and our children, our children need us to not stop. Right. The children of the world need us to not stop. The people who lost their lives need for it to be for something. Right. Let it add up to something. <clears throat> I kind of wonder if all of that is about Chiron and Aries too. Mm-hmm. Your own self agency. What are you going to use? First of all, tap into you're stronger than you think you are. Right. You're stronger than you think. And then what are you going to use it for? Are you going to use it to protect? Are you going to use it to build? Are you going to use it to fight for justice? Are you going to use it to destroy things and hurt yourself? Hopefully it's the former, not the latter. Right. I don't think Chiron's going to allow the latter during these eight years. I think anybody who's using their own personal power, their own strength to hurt themselves or other people or the planet I think Chiron's going to be like, oh, you don't understand. We're not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. And then that will take a lot of self-evaluation to come out of it. Yeah, I think that so far what I'm seeing in like, um, is this uh, resurgence or this conversation opening up on where do I find my own personal power and how am I willing to lean into it and look at what do I describe as power? You know, like, and the... The conclusions that we've written about power you know like there's a there's a long storyline um if we just look at it from a social perspective of like if you're powerful that means you're in control of other people right like you are in control of other people and then that is how you show that i'm in a place of power and you're dominating over people right yeah. right there's a dominance factor and how we can carry that for ourselves of like well i'm in personal power if i'm dominating over these circumstances or over that career, or whatever it may be. And I think it's really interesting that it's coming up in, in a, a way of like, but how would you cultivate personal power and from a place of vulnerability, from a place of rawness and exposure, like where you haven't leaned into, because um, typically, right, when we think about being in power places, it's the exact opposite of being vulnerable. You don't show vulnerability. 
So how can we reframe that conversation of being vulnerable with, with showing extreme vulnerability in our belief that things are happening that are greater than any possibilities we could have imagined? Yeah, it's, it's like finding, finding strength and building webs. Right. It's feeling powerful when you show up and go, I don't know what to do with this, but I feel scared. Right. And instead of taking, because that showing up in vulnerability and being honest about how you feel and being honest about needing connection, that's way harder than stuffing it down and being quiet and acting like you're fine. Completely. We all do that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to criticize anyone. We all in some way steal ourselves and go, I'm fine. I don't need anything. I'm good. Yep. Come on now. You get some more bravery. Right. The brave one, the brave, the bravery would say, I don't even know what to do with this, but I feel really exposed. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think it takes bravery to hold out possibility and go, I know I can heal from it. Don't know how, but I know I can heal this. I just don't know how to do it. Right. And then maybe someone around you can be like, oh, I already figured that one out. Here you go. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't find that out unless you were brave, brave in your vulnerability to, to build the ties that bind. Right. The ties that bind are emotional. Yep. And I also think that there's a, some sort of requirement there to start looking at the conclusions that you live by. And I think like that, the conclusions that we live by are, we put them in place to keep us safe, right? That, oh, I have to work eight to five in order for all of my bills to be paid. And I always have to work within um, a corporate agency because that's the safe, that's where I find security. Or I have to be with this person and they have to be home by five o'clock because that's how we do dinner. Like everything that we have based upon in conclusions, which are also a tactic of control, is a, a power struggle in some manner. And how do we lead from a place of vulnerability if we are living a life of conclusions? Because what we're really doing is putting a cap on, can we receive miracles? Can we truly receive miracles if we've already concluded that they have to come in certain packages? We can't. Oh, you and I have been talking about how in Chiron and Pisces, a lot of us resisted looking at our suffering and it caused even more suffering. Right. And that maybe in Chiron and Aries, we can do it better. Right. And that would be whenever you have things about personal power come up, not be like, I'm not going to fucking look at that. Right. But come on. What if you were? What if you were to look at it? What if you were to be really present with the, with the fact that I feel vulnerable and exposed, but I'm open to something new happening here. I'm open to something new happening here. And that is where your personal power is. Yeah. It's like being able to step out of, um, oh, I have a charge on this one. Being able to step out of the place of judgment, which is such a human interaction, right? Like it's such a human characteristic where we're like, oh, you're good, you're bad. That's right, that's wrong. This is black, this is white. Like that's what it is. And being able to be in this place of like, like we've talked about before, well, I don't know. Show me, what is that? Like being so curious and in our innocence of, oh, what, what can I imagine? Like it, around our personal power, there's something there that's so fascinating to me because like as children, we create these dynamics, right? Of uh, for me to be, feel empowered, I must put on this persona. I have to act this way. And then I will feel empowered in my own agency, my own body, my own environment. And we adapt that throughout our lives. And then to now look at it from a place of 
well, how can we remove the judgments that I have to behave this way um, in order to be approved, in order to be loved? And while removing that, I'm going to lean into the fact of like, I don't know what this means. I don't know. And other people may judge me and that's okay because it has nothing to do with me. Like really like giving people back their energies and pulling our energy back towards us. It's, I'm very aware of the fact that like the tentacles of that are very deeply woven in multiple facets. I mean, it really, it really, honestly, it takes a lot of brave vulnerability to say, I'm going to remain open yep. and be able to be honest and go, Oh fuck, this is exposing ah! and do it anyway <clears throat> to, to be able to say, I'm not going to act like I'm not scared. Cause I am right. But I'm also very open to life showing up and unfolding in ways that I have no idea is coming. Right. Like you, you can't do that from underneath the bed. No. You have to expose yourself and not, not expose yourself. That sounded lewd. And I don't mean it in that way. Right. I mean, I mean, come out into the open, mm-hmm. come out into the open and be like, Oh shit. Hope I'm going to be okay. Let's see what happens. And you are going to be okay. Right. You're going to be okay. Is being so on your own side that even if you open up to something and it doesn't work out, you're like, well, we tried. It was worth it. I like trying things. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah, and I think that's a really valuable point of how quickly, um, because we're coming out of these long-term stories that are of things not working out for us, of things being in our suffering, how quickly it can be, how quickly can we write the story of like, well, it didn't work out. Oh, moving on without taking that moment of peace, that moment of recognizing our personal power, our personal agency and hey, you showed up vulnerably. You did this differently than you've ever done that before. Look at the growth that you have taken, right? It can be easy for us to go back into that mentality of, I've just got to power through it. I've got to move on to the next one. Something else will be delivered rather than pulling back and being like, wow, look at the growth, the leaps that I took here that put me into a place of vulnerability that is increasing my personal power in ways that I've never experienced it before. I think that we've been programmed into thinking that the only things that matter are the ones that last forever. Yeah. And that's not true. Yeah. <clears throat> you you last forever. Your infinite self lasts forever, although this incarnation is finite. But right. you, as, as a soul, as a being, as an infinite energy, you're the thing that's gonna stand the test of time. Your experience in life are not. Right. They're not. And to still treat those with honor and pride and appreciation, whether it lasts 10 minutes or 10 years, right. they still matter. You're winning because you don't quit. Not that the story doesn't quit. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. <laughs> because it's so much true. It's so true, right? Like the programming is there entirely of like, well, if this fails, oh, there's another one bites the dust right? Like, oh, this is wrong. I've, I've committed the highest crimes in the, the court of my life because something has not worked out the way that I've concluded that it should. Like, man, the amount of slack that I would like to, like, all of us to be encouraged to give ourselves of like, and you did it differently. This is amazing. 
without yeah. that conclusion, right? And it and yeah, and it it still matters, right? It still matters, even if it fell apart, even right. if you did it well at first, then you dropped the ball, even if you sabotaged it, and that's why it ended. Whatever it is, it's an experience that matters. Right. Every experience you have matters. It informs who you are every single moment. I think it's really important to recognize that we have never been alive in the past. We will never be alive in the future, ever. We don't exist there. We only exist right now. We only exist right now, forever. Right. We will never be alive in the future. So be here. Yeah, that practice of being here. It's like that, oh, we've talked about this repeatedly, but I think the most beautiful teaching I've ever read or received on that is the work of Thich Nhat Hanh, of when you're washing dishes, that's what you're doing. You are washing dishes. When you're right. sipping your tea, you're sipping your tea. And learning how to apply that to not only the presence that we're able to embody as we're doing all of these things, like talking to you, but also in the choices that we're making. If I am making the choice to use the red pen, then I'm just using the red pen in that second. The next second I can choose to use the black pen, right? Like there's always like this allowance that can be increased there. That to me is like, that's personal power that we've never really experienced to be that deeply present with ourselves and every choice that we're willing to make and recognizing that they're just choices, that they're just outcomes. But we, our infiniteness goes nowhere. Like it, it is non-ending. Yeah. Right. We are not the stories that we try to uphold. We're just not. It's not who we are. Mm -hmm.